Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. Breaking overnight, hope on the front lines. Russia says it is pulling back some troops from Ukraine's border and hinting at a potential diplomatic solution. After weeks of rising tension, is Vladimir Putin attempting to de-escalate the crisis? And how will President Biden respond? We're live at the White House and inside Ukraine. Pandemic progress with COVID cases dropping, more states moving away from mandates and masks, but millions of children still being told to wear them in the classroom. Schools are unlike most other environments. This morning, the latest chapter in the debate and confusion over when and where to mask up. Emotional vigils, mourners come together to remember a New York woman stalked and stabbed to death inside her own apartment. The latest in a string of violent crimes on the rise in cities from coast to coast. Just ahead, what we're learning about her life and the suspect now in custody. Concern for the queen, the monarch being closely watched in the wake of a string of positive COVID cases within the royal family. We're live at Buckingham Palace straight ahead. Those stories plus all eyes on the ice. The women's figure skating competition underway this morning. Just ahead, the white hot spotlight on the 15-year-old Russian star competing despite a failed drug test. And the three Americans living out their Olympic dreams. Today, Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie, and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi guys, welcome to Today. We are so happy you're joining us. It's a really busy Tuesday morning. Hi everybody, mm -hmm. got a lot to get to. We're gonna start with those overnight developments in the Ukraine crisis. Reports of a shift in tone, potential signs from Russia that a military invasion could still be avoided and that diplomacy is, quote, far from exhausted. That news came just hours after the White House said, while a path for diplomacy remains available, there is also a window in which an invasion could begin at any time. And despite Russia now saying some troops are being returned to their bases, an estimated 130,000 remain positioned around Ukraine. As you can tell, this is a very fast-moving story. We're live from the White House and Ukraine, and that's where we find our chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning. Vladimir Putin is still keeping the world guessing. Today, Russia announced that is pulling back some of its troops to bases, saying that they have completed military exercises. But Russia insists that other forces in other areas still need to carry out military drills. And this one step forward, one step back approach has left some Ukrainians wondering if this is really a de-escalation or just Vladimir Putin reshuffling his forces. Russia's intentions this morning are unclear, sending mixed signals. Russia says it has pulled back some troops away from Ukraine. It's the third time in two months it's made this claim. Russia insists it's merely conducting military exercises with no intention to invade, with Ukrainian officials expressing skepticism, saying troops can always be moved back. As new satellite images show, Russia has been continuing its military buildup until very recently, with rear bases emptying as troops and military hardware advance to staging positions. 
but a Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman suggested this morning the situation has changed. Posting on Facebook, February 15, 2022 will go down in history as the day of the failure of Western propaganda of the war. Ukraine's foreign minister saying, we will only believe in de-escalation when we see the withdrawal. U.S. officials have repeatedly said the threat of war is imminent. But overnight, the window of diplomacy appeared to crack open a little wider at the end of a long COVID-safe table. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said, I believe our possibilities are far from exhausted. I would propose continuing and intensifying them. To which Russian President Vladimir Putin replied, good. Taking no chances, American diplomats are getting out of the potential invasion path. The embassy in Kiev this morning, empty. Staff temporarily relocated to the western city of Lviv, near the Polish border. Some Ukrainian families are also taking precautions. Andriana Susak in Kiev took her six-year-old son in an image with echoes of World War II and packed him off on a train to stay with relatives in far western Ukraine. So she's free to join the fight against Russia, should it come to that. It was very hard. I was looking uh, to his eyes yesterday and he was so dumb. Mom, I love you, Mom, I love you. Nothing is uh, value, just freedom. And between death and freedom, we choose freedom. Russia's appetite for diplomacy will be tested today with the German chancellor in Moscow meeting with Vladimir Putin. Hoda. Richard Engel in Ukraine for us this morning. Richard, thank you. I want to turn now to NBC's chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander. And Peter, I know you have some new information about how the White House is gaming out this situation in Ukraine. What can you tell us? Yes, yeah, Savannah, that's right. White House officials say that they are still actively working to try to reach a diplomatic solution here to de-escalate this crisis. Still, in spite of Russia's latest claim that it's pulling back some troops from the border, national security officials here have not backed away from their assessment that we are in that window where a Russian invasion could begin at any time. And new this morning, a senior administration official tells me that the Biden administration has formed what they are calling a tiger team, a diverse group of experts led by the White House that has been privately gaming out how the U.S. would respond to a variety of different scenarios, including a full-scale invasion. I'm told they have very recently held a pair of tabletop exercises several hours long, each including one with cabinet officials building a playbook of responses, taking them through the first two weeks after any invasion. Savannah. And we know the administration has recently deployed some troops to the surrounding region, Eastern Europe. Some top yeah. officials even headed there this week. Yeah, you're right. Two in particular are heading to Europe this week. The Vice President Kamala Harris, she's scheduled to visit Munich. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he is headed to NATO headquarters and Poland and Lithuania, all in an effort to reassure America's allies there. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky, he asked President Biden to visit this week. But officials here say that with diplomatic and military resources pulling back as we speak, that is simply not happening. Savannah. Peter Alexander at the White House. Thank you, Peter. Let's turn now to the pandemic and a new chapter in the ongoing battle over mask mandates as COVID cases decline nationwide. NBC's Tom Costello is covering that story for us this morning. Hey, Tom. Hey, Hoda. So with coronavirus hospitalizations and deaths trending down, the debate over masks, who should wear them, when and where is front and center. But the patchwork of mask rules varies by state to state and city to city, and that is leading to widespread confusion, with much of the debate focused on schools. 
With COVID cases dropping across the country, this morning mask requirements for millions of Americans are also starting to roll back. In Washington, D.C., starting March 1st, masks will no longer be required in restaurants, entertainment venues, gyms, or grocery stores. And starting today, businesses in the nation's capital will no longer be required to check a vaccination status. These are the slow steps that are needed and signs that show the progress that is before us. Governors in California, Illinois, and New York have all announced plans to drop indoor mask mandates, but like D.C., are keeping mask requirements in schools with kids under five still not eligible for a vaccine. Schools are unlike most other environments. Six to eight hours, five days a week, uh, week after week after week. Uh, that's very different than someone going to a bar even for two hours or going to a ball game. Fights over mask requirements have erupted at school board meetings across the country for months. Cases among children continue to fall substantially from their January peak, but they still remain extremely high. Last week, nearly 300,000 additional child COVID-19 cases were reported nationwide. We could be reaching a low point in the epidemic where we can have kids hopefully get through a couple of months of the school year without having to wear masks. And from the classroom to the boardroom, the mask debate has spilled over into corporate America. Jennifer Say, an executive at Levi's Clothing Company, says she was forced out of her role for speaking out against COVID-19 policies in school. Levi's did not comment on her allegations, saying only that Say resigned from the company. The attention on masks also on display during Sunday's Super Bowl showdown. Attendees at the star-studded event were required to wear masks at the indoor stadium in L.A., though most fans and many celebrities did not appear to follow the rules. Yeah, right now, the CDC is still recommending that we wear masks indoors in public areas, regardless of vaccination status, in areas of substantial COVID transmission. Everybody is tired of these masks, but HOTA health experts remain very cautious in large part because of the concern that a new variant could pop up at any time without warning. Back to you. All right, Tom Costello for us. Tom, thanks. We turn now to a murder that has rocked New York City. A vigil was held yesterday to remember a woman who was stalked and stabbed to death in her own home. And we're now learning the suspect in custody has a long criminal history. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez has that story for us. Gabe, good morning. Savannah, good morning. This is the latest in a string of violent crimes crimes that has shocked the city. A woman followed into her own apartment and murdered. Police sources tell NBC News that it did not immediately appear to be a hate crime, though the investigation is ongoing. Overnight, a growing makeshift memorial in front of a New York City apartment building honoring Christina Yuna Lee after police say a man followed her home and attacked her, stabbing her to death. Authorities say just before 4.30 Sunday morning, they responded to a 911 call from an apartment building in Chinatown. This security video obtained by NBC News appears to show Lee being followed by the suspect. When they arrived, the door was barricaded. When cops went into the apartment, investigators say they found the body of a 35-year-old woman, later identified as Lee, in her bathroom and the suspect covered in blood. Nobody. Police say Asamad Nash was arrested and charged with Lee's murder. This was his eighth arrest since May of 2021. Lee's death sparking pain and outrage from friends, family, and neighbors. Today marks the last day of the spring festival of the Lunar New Year, a time when our community should be celebrating. But instead, we, Christina's family, and her friends are mourning her loss. 
Though police have not identified a motive for the crime, members of the Asian American community say they don't feel safe. This is about the community and, and our elected officials need to do something much different um, because this is, this is all avoidable. This case is now bringing scrutiny to the city's bail system and why the suspect was allowed back on the streets. The mayor is promising to look into that. Meanwhile, a rally is planned near Lee's apartment later this morning, Savannah. What a tragedy, Gabe. Thank you very much. All right, time now to whisper. Mm -hmm. Good morning to Al. Get a first check of the weather. Hi, good to see you. How are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman. All right, let's come over here <laughs> and show, me, show you what's going on. It's a coast-to-coast -coast situation. Uh, it was some snow for the northern Rockies and the Sierra today. Windy conditions for the plains and the southwest. As the system moves to the east, it's going to draw up warm, moist air ahead of it. And so look, tomorrow we've got a risk of severe weather down through the southern plains, and that's going to move to the east on Thursday. Rain developing from Michigan into uh, Missouri. Now, behind this, cold air is drawn in. Rain changes to snow and ice around the Great Lakes from St. Louis up to Detroit, Chicago. Heavy rain flood threats down from the Tennessee and Mississippi River Valleys Friday. Cold front exits off the East Coast, drawing in much colder air. Strong winds, probably airport delays on Thursday. Heavy rain, snowmelt may cause flooding stretching from Springfield, Missouri up to Detroit, even parts of western New York. We're looking out through the Rockies, upwards of 8 to 12 inches of snow in parts of the northern Rockies as we move to the east Thursday Friday. Some moderate snow around the upper Great Lakes could be even heavier in some spots with lighter amounts to the east. But we're also looking as a changeover icing conditions. Cold front Arctic air will determine where that icing sets up anywhere from Buffalo all the way down to Kansas City. We're going to be watching this all very closely over the next 72 hours. And that's your latest weather guys. All right Al thanks uh, still ahead the health concerns for the queen after her son Prince Charles and his wife Camilla test positive for COVID. Keir Simmons will have the very latest from Buckingham Palace and new insight on the future of what the future for the royal family could hold. And then the alarming impact of inflation and the supply chain crisis on car shoppers. Prices soaring, vehicles new and used, harder to find and big bucks when you do. We're going to have everything you need to know. But first, this is today on NBC. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. 
We're back 730 Tuesday morning 15th of February 2022 chill in the air. Chill, I'd say so. Oh chill is a nice way of putting it. We got some hearty folks out there. and We're going to get our hardiness on as well and just go out in a couple of minutes. And yeah exactly. We're going to have a good uh, half hour out there. Yeah let's get started with your headlines at 730 Tuesday morning. Donald Trump's longtime accounting firm is cutting ties with the Trump organization. Mazars USA is saying that the financial statements it prepared for almost a decade can no longer be viewed as reliable. Now that paperwork is at the center of investigations into whether the former president's company broke the law by inflating its assets. But the accounting firm also says the documents as a whole don't show material discrepancies. A Trump spokesperson characterized this development as good news for the company. Still, experts say the move could suggest significant issues with those Trump Organization financial statements. Tennis star Novak Djokovic says he will opt out of all future Grand Slam events that require him to be vaccinated for COVID. In a new interview with the BBC, Djokovic said, quote, that's the price I'm willing to pay. The men's number one player in the world gained worldwide attention last month after being deported from Australia over his vaccination status just days before the Australian Open. Djokovic says he's not against vaccinations, but says he believes it to be a personal choice. Now to the mystery surrounding a huge flock of birds that suddenly plunged to the ground in Mexico. It happened earlier this month. We want to warn you, the video you're about to see is graphic. The video is chilling, too. It shows the yellow-headed blackbird suddenly fall from the sky. Oh, geez. Many of them died, others did fly away, and the reason behind their rapid plunge remains unclear. But some experts say the blackbirds may have been trying to escape a predatory bird Jeez. swooping in from above. Ooh, wow. All right, also this morning, there is concern surrounding the health of Queen Elizabeth in the wake of positive COVID tests for her son, Prince Charles, and now her daughter-in-law, Camilla. Today's senior international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us this morning from Buckingham Palace. Hi, Keir, morning. Hey Savannah, good morning to you. It's been a royal roller coaster ride, that's for sure. A bit like uh, the British weather we're having here. First blue skies, uh, then rain like this. Just weeks ago, Charles and Camilla were enjoying the Queen's announcement that Camilla will be Queen Consort. Now the news that both of the royal couple have COVID. Fears for the Queen's health this week after Prince Charles and now his wife Camilla both tested positive for COVID. Charles saw his mother, the Queen, last week, just days before he was infected. A palace source saying of the Queen, Her Majesty is not displaying symptoms. Queen Elizabeth, now aged 95, spent months cautiously limiting her contacts during the pandemic, conducting meetings on Zoom. I'm very glad to have been able to join you. Can you see everybody? You should have six people on your screen. Yes, well, I can see four. But this morning, there were again questions over the royal family's COVID measures. Last week, Camilla continued with public duties after first testing negative. In the early months of the pandemic, Prince William causing controversy after he was caught on mic joking about the coronavirus. Now, Prince Charles isolating again, infected for the second time, surviving his first infection in 2020 without serious symptoms. I suppose it did partly. I mean, I was lucky in my case and, um, and, uh, and got away with it quite lightly. We were lucky that he had you know, the mild symptoms. Um, but again, at that age, you do, you do worry a bit more. During the pandemic, the royals have worked hard to support Britain's health services. Some reports say the Queen will soon be back at work, raising hopes for her health. 
Kira, I'm assuming most people believe the queen has been vaccinated. What do you know? Hey, Hoda, yeah, well, look, the Queen has been triple vaccinated, but no one will tell you that because royal sources hate talking about her health. They don't want to give a running commentary, they say. The trouble is, in Camilla's case, they told us first that she was negative, then that she was positive, and they have told us that she is uh, triple vaccinated, royal sources, which just goes to prove the historical truth, Hoda, that when you're a royal courtier, you can't win. All right, Keir Simmons for us there at Buckingham Palace. Keir, thank you. All right, just ahead, if you are in the market for a new ride, buckle up. Mm -hmm. We've got an inside look at the many factors that have prices soaring on new cars and used cars, plus how to navigate your way around the dealership. We'll get that story right after this. We're back 739 this morning on In-Depth Today, the very volatile car market. Yeah, yeah, forget about negotiating for buyers these days. It's take it or leave it. NBC <laughs> senior national correspondent Carrie Sanders joins us from Miami-Dade, and we're talking about new cars and used cars. That's right, guys. This morning, you know, it's a case of it is a challenge, whether it's new or used, to find a new car, used car within your budget. That is because supplies are low, demand is high, and on just about any car lot nationwide, that sticker price, well, now it's just a starting point. The cost of buying a car has been accelerating big time. These days, 8 out of 10 new car buyers pay more than sticker price. On average, $728 more. And in some cases, people are shelling out thousands more. Experts blame ongoing supply chain problems. Still, there are a lot of buyers in the market for a new ride. Justin Sofer had his eye on a new Toyota RAV4. He signed a contract and even put down a deposit for the manufacturer's suggested retail price. But when it arrived from Japan, serious sticker shock. The dealer jacked the price up by $2,000. I've probably owned about five or six cars and I've never paid sticker price. Sofer eventually got his Toyota at sticker, but he tells me he had to find a new dealer. You complained to the Massachusetts State Attorney General and what kind of result did you get? They said that they would keep a record of it, but there wasn't anything they could do in my particular case, unfortunately. But car manufacturers are not happy with price gouging. GM reportedly telling its dealers that it will be forced to take action if it learns of any unethical sales practices. Ford says, quote, we are actively looking at how to address those behaviors. Even warning dealers who sell vehicles above MSRP, they may not get the highly anticipated electric F-150 Lightning. I've never seen anything like this in 25 years that I've been in the, in the industry. Arnardo Bauman sold more than 25,000 Chevrolets last year, more than any Chevy dealer in the nation. Except for Corvettes, he says he prices all vehicles at least $2,000 below MSRP. Not bad for a guy who came to the U.S. from Cuba in 1994 and began by selling fish on the side of the road. I have always tried to go in the opposite direction than the rest. If you're gonna, if you're gonna charge 10,000 over MSRP, we're going to charge 2,000, 3,000 under MSRP. Bumnan says he makes less money per sale, but wins in volume. Even more confusing, the used car market. Prices up a staggering 40.5% in the past year. 
a significant number of used cars bought in 2021 now actually selling for more than when they were new. One in 10 customers got more money for a trade-in than with the initial purchase price. And that is remarkable. One reason the used car market is so high is because during the pandemic, which we're still in, the rental car market kind of dried up. Those cars that would normally come out of the rental cars to the used car market dried up, and so there's fewer used cars available for folks to bid on. Guys? All right, Carrie, thank you very much. <laughs> 7.42, Mr. Roker, you got to check of the weather. We do, and we got some warm weather to talk about. It's hard to believe we're going to be talking about snow, but we're also talking about red flag warnings, a fire danger, 11 million people from Arizona all the way to Missouri and back into Mississippi, gusts of 50 miles per hour, humidity's low, and we're going to have these warm winds blowing in. Look at Dodge City today, 23 degrees above average at 71, Albuquerque, 64, St. Louis, you're 17 degrees above average at 62 degrees. Tomorrow, that moves to the east. D.C., 55 degrees. Cincinnati, 54. Buffalo, almost 19 degrees above average. St. Louis at 62. But then a front pushes through, and look at these temperatures drop. Cleveland, Thursday, you're at 48 degrees. By Friday, you're at 24. Philly, Thursday, 64. By Saturday, you're 48. Norfolk, 71. Saturday, you're at 50 degrees. So temperatures take a tumble as we get into the weekend. And that is your latest weather. Guys. Thank you, Mr. Oker. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> We're back, Carson's here. What do you got coming up in Popstar? We have a lot coming up in Popstar, including one of our favorites. We're going to get a new sneak peek at the latest season of Bridgerton. And let's just say things are looking very, very Ooh, let's see, scandalous. Let's see. Yes, Ooh, I like gentlemen. it. Oh, come on. You're going to like it. So good. Coming up next, your 8 o'clock hour. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.